You are listening to Your Practice Made Perfect, support, protection, and advice for practicing medical professionals. Brought to you by SVMIC. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Brian Fortenberry. Coming up today, boy, we have got something that is a hot topic in the medical area, and it can be awfully scary and exciting all at the same time. It's practice mergers, and we have someone here that is going to be able to help us get through this. Today, we have Shannon Hampson. Shannon, thank you for joining us. I'm glad to join you. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, before we get started in talking about this, Tell us a little bit about yourself and about your background. Well, I'm the CEO with Abercrombie Radiology, and we're a 28-person radiology practice. I've been here 28 years, so I don't remember much of a life before this. (laughs) We're an interesting group that Dr. Abercrombie started this group, the first radiologist in Knoxville, and we've been here since 1925, so it's a very old, established group. Wow. And we are slow to change, but the merger topic we have visited over the past 28 years numerous times. We have put our toe in the water and we really have only done one, but we continue to look for opportunities. So that's kind of where we are. Well, as we get started, Shannon, since you, you know, obviously being part of a group that has been around for this long and had the opportunity to not only participate in a practice merger, but always looking for those opportunities, it can be kind of intimidating and scary, I would guess. Is that correct? It is. And we've found strategic partners to help us kind of navigate. We have an attorney that helps us. We also have a consultant and they've kind of guided us in these processes. It is scary, but once you kind of sit down at the table with different groups, it becomes less scary because you kind of know what you're looking for and, you know, if it's really going to be something that's a go forward. Right. And I guess in any situation, you look at it from a business standpoint, it's got to make sense not only for you, but for the other party as well. When did you participate in the practice merger? How long ago has that been? The one that we successfully completed, it was kind of an interesting way. We had two groups in Knoxville that we had talked a lot during the years as far as How can we combine? How can we work together? And we actually bought a billing system together 20 years ago. Okay. And so we had a good relationship, but we were definitely two different groups, two different, you know, managers, two different everything. And all we did was share a billing system. So as it progressed and we felt like the hospital systems combined that we needed to merge We did kind of a side-by-side where the manager retired, and so I managed both groups for a few years, and that was in 2012. Okay. And then finally got used to each other, realized we could probably make it work, and then we actually officially merged last year. Okay. So this was recently completed, but a long-term relationship, which makes me ask the question, in your opinion, having done this this way, is it better You think when a merger opportunity comes along and it is a group that you're familiar with, or is it better really if you're not as familiar with them and are able to go in and make wholesale changes? What do you think is really better having gone through this? Well, if you have the opportunity to kind of know what you're getting into, it helps. I mean, we kind of knew what the landmines were and what the issues were, but 
You know, the main thing with mergers is cultural. And while the two groups were culturally very different, being able to manage both of them simultaneously kind of gave me some insight into what were going to be the issues, you know, pretty quickly and what we could probably overcome. So there was some comfort there Sure. that if you went with a whole new group that you weren't familiar with, then I'd probably be more hesitant. How do you navigate that cultural water? Because as you say, that is probably going to be the biggest issue. If there's not cohesion there, that is a recipe for disaster. And you came from a situation, you said you knew the cultures were different going in. How do you handle that and how do you do it delicately? We were really transparent and both groups I had to be completely open with and say, you know, here's how this group differs and gave lots of feedback and tried to prepare everybody for how the groups were different because they were. But being really open and there wasn't a time where I didn't feel like I I told both groups what I needed to, you know, tell them. So there were really very few surprises. And that helps. I think that open dialogue where everyone knows exactly where they stand and what's expected probably helps that. What kind of timeline does it take to do one of these mergers? You said you guys knew each other way back and it just finished last year. Was that out of necessity or was that out of another issue? How quickly can someone do a merger? I think to really go through the contracts and to go through all the nuances of a merger, it's going to take nine months to a year. It just takes a long time to really, I mean, we knew each other. So once we decided to do it, it went very quickly, probably three to six months. But if you're starting from scratch, because we've done that as well, we've gotten a consultant with a whole different group in a different city and started that process. And that took, you know, six to nine months to get through. And then at the end of the day, we still didn't merge. You know, we went through all the due diligence, but we still didn't finish it. When you talk about the due diligence, you think about, you know, the process and maybe a checklist or something you go down to kind of check the boxes to see and make sure one is in the vetting or the pursuit of it. Is it going to work out? if it is good for both parties, but also if you decide that, yeah, this is an opportunity here, a checklist to make sure you do everything and don't leave anything out along the path. Did you use any kind of checklist? And if so, what are some of those processes along the way? The merger that we really went very, very far in with a group in a different area We actually hired a consultant, and he was amazing in the sense that he did that. He said, you know, send me your contracts, your managed care contracts, your also your employment agreements with your group. And he had a checklist that we actually went down, and he put them together. And then we set up monthly meetings of the practice manager and then also the main physician liaison for the practice. And we sat down with the consultant once a month and went through what the consultant and had combined to say, here's your differences. You know, here's the employment agreement differences. Here's your actual contracts and your opportunities and your threats. And, you know, which one would be the surviving entity and what did it look like? So he kind of guided us on that because we really didn't know anything underneath the hood. So he helped a lot. So you would then recommend definitely getting an outside consultant or someone out there to kind of help walk you through this process. Definitely. If you're going to put a sizable group together, they had double the amount of physicians we did, but it's too complicated. There's too many things you can miss, I think, to do it yourself. 
I don't know that you need attorneys until the very end and you don't need to incur those kind of costs, but a consultant that's done mergers before can definitely streamline it and only involve you and the physicians in a minimal amount. So you're not really wasting your time. Sure. And whenever you get ready to do the merger, there is not only, I'm assuming, a merger of all of the office staff and all of the physicians, but there is, you know, like you said, processes and guidelines and contracts, all of those types of issues that you have to take into account. What would you say is at the top of that list? The first thing you have to make sure that you're focused on, or where did the consultant start, I guess I should say? Well, after he put together kind of the documents and that kind of thing, I think you really have to define why you're doing it. Is it to get bigger because you feel like there's opportunities in contracting? Are you getting bigger to protect yourself? Are you doing it for additional services for night coverage? I mean, what's your real purpose for doing it? And if you don't understand that, then there's really no reason because it's not just bigger's better. Right. There needs to be a real reason and a driving force why you're together. And once you answer that, it's more about how do you really want to function? Do you want to be divisional? Do you want to all be one group? Do you want to keep things separate? And so once you really decide the cultures of the group and what you really think is a go forward, then you can kind of put together something. But the consultant will quickly say you're very different in how how you handle bonuses. You're very different how you handle expenses. And those come out very quickly. And then you realize the things that you might be able to overcome and the things that probably are a deal killer. At the end of the day, I can imagine all mergers, the final product are not going to look the same. They're going to look very different, correct? Given the situation. I think they're going to look very different because you're creating something from scratch. And I don't think there are any two mergers that are going to look the same. I think you hit on a great point. They're not all going to end the same, but they're not going to all start the same and they're not going to all be for the same reason. You know, it may be financial, it may be size, it may be structure, it could be all of those issues of the mergers that you see happening around in the medical community in your area and nationwide. What are the biggest reasons that we're seeing mergers now? Is it precise or is it financial or is it to somehow be compliant with a lot of the new health care laws we're having? What is the biggest reason we're seeing these mergers today? I think it's IT. What it takes to run a practice now, the infrastructure is you need very specialized people that, you know, I know in radiology, and that's really my only point of reference is you know, our biggest challenge is IT, is connecting everything, getting the images in, getting the reports out, and doing the billing. And all of that takes a lot of expertise. And if you don't, it's it's hard to employ that in-house with a small group. So, to pull your resources for the IT part of it, sure, and also the compliance part, the HIPAA and the meaningful use and the different things that we have to do to be compliant is a huge expense. And small practices struggle with that, you know, and to get the reimbursement from MIPS and macro and all right. that. If you don't have a large support system, it just gets very expensive. And it seems like in other conversations that I have had with people, that target seems to constantly be kind of moving as well as this whole process gets figured out by the federal government, state government, whoever. So there's constant change as well. And that change is probably easier to accommodate 
with a bigger structure, correct? Definitely. Right now, all the guidelines for MIPS and macro, they're just now coming out and we're in the middle of the year. It is a huge moving target and you think you're prepared, you think you're ready, and then they change the rules. And so whether it just be by necessity or it be by, you know, it helps to have other people in the same boat with you, but it's constantly changing. And to be able to pull those resources to help with those changes and things like that is certainly going to be a lot easier. What kind of advice would you give to another practice manager that is either looking at their practice going through a merger, potentially investigating going through a merger, or right in the middle of it right now? What advice have you learned you would pass along? I would be extremely strategic of who you think your partners are and to be sure that pretty quickly you have some conversations to see if your goals align, if you think that you have a lot in common as far as where you see yourself in a few years. And it's not to say that you're going to have all the answers, but it really does help to have, you know, some basic fundamental goals and where you're headed. And the contracting is complex and, you know, you don't really get to know all of that if it benefits you or not till the end. And going through the process is so lengthy and it's expensive. So you need to be sure that you've got the support of your board, that they're really wanting to go forward, that they feel like it's a win and have the key people. You know, don't go to these meetings unless you've got your president of your group, you've got total buy-in and that the physicians hear everything that you hear because it's complicated and it's time consuming and, you know, you don't want to start it unless you're pretty sure that that's where you want to go at the end. It sounds like you really need to make sure you have all your ducks in a row Yeah, because if you don't, it's going to cost you a lot more time than you're really wanting to put into it and certainly a lot more money than you would want to put into it. Right. In the business world, it's certainly a word that kind of scares people at time when you hear merger or acquisition. In the healthcare world, I'm assuming it can be the exact same thing. How do you deal with the... I guess the best word would be unease or unrest or discomfort whenever people that are working in your office hear of this and they start getting nervous because that means change and potentially elimination maybe for their position. How do you deal with that? I can honestly tell you that we're so used to change now. Healthcare has become just ever-changing that most of the people, even though we have very long-term employees, we're constantly changing. We're changing billing systems. We're changing processes that we kind of got over that years ago. This <laughs> is the new norm. You're going to constantly be changing. And, you know, I really feel like if you're doing things for the right reason, you have to take yourself out of it and not what's best for you, but what's best for the group. It makes it a lot easier. And then, you know, if you're honest and you're transparent, then at the end of the day, If it's meant to be, it is as far as for you personally, but I think you have to put the group first and what's, you know, most beneficial for the group as a whole. Well, Shannon, as we get ready to wrap up for today, we've really hit on how the practice mergers work on a 30,000 foot view, but how it affects physicians and uh, contracts and personnel. As we wrap this up, what are some of just the main takeaways kind of looking back at what we've said for a practice manager or a physician that could be listening to this today that you would say, here are four or five bullet point takeaways when it comes to practice mergers and what you're looking at and what you're facing. 
I think no action is action. So to just be still and not explore what's out there, I think is not doing your due diligence. Doesn't mean you have to merge, but to not at least have your feelers out there to know what the community is doing or the state's doing or your region is doing is probably not in the group's best interest. You really need to know what's happening around you, what other groups are doing, and really listen to what the market is saying. I think it's crucial because I think you'll get left behind and you won't really understand where you are and the potential that's there without doing a lot of work and a lot of due diligence. For me with radiology, I attend a lot of the RBMA, the radiology business managers meetings, just to see what other groups are doing around the country to really figure out if merging makes sense on a statewide level, on a regional level, or even, you know, throughout the country. And I think knowing that and what other people are doing and how they're handling it is your best bet. And as the CEO, I feel like my real job is to bring opportunities to the group and to make sure that they're worthwhile, that they're strategically aligned with what we're interested in so you don't get left behind and that you you know, try to pull your resources to cut costs and expenses and to gain the expertise with IT and the different challenges that we're all having with payment and reform. And so it's really understanding your market and understanding the opportunities and bringing that to the group. Well, our guest today has been Shannon Hampson, CEO at Abercrombie Radiology. Shannon, thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us and discuss this important topic. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Your Practice Made Perfect with your host, Brian Fortenberry. Listen to more episodes, subscribe to the podcast, and find show notes at svmic.com slash podcast. The contents of this podcast are intended for informational purposes only and do not constitute legal advice. Policyholders are urged to consult with their personal attorney for legal advice, as specific legal requirements may vary from state to state and change over time. 